0: The following content is brought to you by Abigail Thirteen, Orange Thunder, and Paul Bramblet. Oh my goodness, everybody! It is episode five hundred and seventy-six of Nintendo Switchcraft. You know what we're going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about eShop updates. Where has the time gone since the last Nintendo Direct? And Crystal Chronicles, as bad as it's doing everywhere else, it's so bad in Australia that they took it off the eShop. We'll talk more about that. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to remind everybody that I've got another show. It's called 143 Pixels, and the Season 4 preview came out yesterday. Uh, so I've got a whole bunch of people that are talking about video games and it's all coming out very, very soon. Season four preview happened yesterday so you can hear a little bit from each one of the interviews uh, that I, I recorded this year or this year, this season. And uh, let me let me just tell you who you can hear from because there's a bunch of really awesome people on season four. Uh, we've got Andre Seegers from Game Explain. Uh, he came on to talk about Super Mario 64. Uh, Brian Ibbett from Coverville is on to talk about Tempest. Chris Enns uh, came on to talk about EA Sports hockey games. Uh, I had Diddy come on from America's Next Stop Podcaster and uh, and, uh, Mouse and Keyboard, or no, Mouse and Joystick, sorry, uh, to talk about Um, World of Warcraft, Jeff Kanata from the Totally Rad Show and, uh, you know, a billion other amazing podcasts came on. We talked about Ultima 7, Pear Schneider, who has been on this show before, uh, he came on and talked about Zelda A Link to the Past and how he found it when he was in Japan and how he loved that game. Uh, Seth Scott came on to talk about Super Mario World, Tony P. Henderson, talked about Super Mario Brothers 3 and TV's Travis talked about Sam and Max hit the road. a very, very Nintendo heavy season this time around. Uh, so if you have not already checked that show out, please do me a favor and check it out. Go to 143pixels.com. That's 143pixels.com and subscribe today. Uh, because I put a lot of work into that show and I want you to check it out. I think that if you enjoy this one, you will enjoy that show even more. All right, let's talk about Nintendo news, all right? I think that we all need to you know, figure out which direction Europe is from wherever you are, okay? And then go outside and wave in that general direction and shout as loud as you can, thank you, Europe, because Nintendo just made a big change on their eShop. And I think it has something to do with the fact that uh, Nintendo got sued over in Europe for some of their more shady business practices. Now, if you don't know what shady business practices I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is the fact that you can pre-order games, uh, but then you can't return them. Like You can't say, you know what? I've changed my mind. I don't want to pre-order this game. Maybe I pre-ordered it when the game was first announced, and then some you know, some kind of uh, news came out about the game, and I decided. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play it on on Nintendo Switch, or I'm not gonna play it at all. Maybe they did something that I don't like, or the game isn't what I was expecting, and so I want to cancel my pre order. And up until now, you have been unable to do that on Nintendo Switch. And over in Europe, I've talked about it on this show before. Uh, certain countries in Europe sued Nintendo. And Nintendo was like, "Ah, well, guess what? We're not going to let you return your games." Well, Nintendo has changed their tune, and they are now allowing people to uh, not return games, but cancel pre-orders. You can you can now cancel pre-orders uh, up to seven days, I believe, if I remember correctly from the uh, from the video, up to seven days before it actually comes out. Uh, I, I found out about this because of uh, game explain uh, video that was over on YouTube if you don't know who game explain is you know I just mentioned uh, 143 pixels andre Seegers who came on to talk about uh, super mario 64 he's the guy who has founded game explain and uh, great channel I'm a fan uh, but anyway uh, you got seven days before you can uh, cancel your pre-order Uh, from the day that the game actually comes out. So now, if you go in there and you've pre-ordered a game, it'll either say that you can cancel or you cannot cancel based on when the game's coming out. I think that this is absolutely fantastic, and it's a long time coming. So uh, thank you to Europe for suing Nintendo into submission. I hope that Europe continues to do things like that, Uh, because, you know, there's something to be said for European laws being very, very protective of the consumer. That doesn't happen so much in the U.S. And I'm honestly, I expected this kind of thing to happen. I did not expect it to happen outside of the countries where they would lose a lawsuit. So, you know, I'm just going to use a European country as an example. I can't remember if this is the one that sued them, but Belgium think it was Belgium. that su- is is one of the countries that sued them. I could be wrong about it. Um, you know, if they if they get if, if Belgium uh, sues Nintendo and, and Nintendo loses, then I expect this kind of behavior to happen on the Belgium eShop. I don't know if they have their own eShop, but you get the picture. I don't expect it to happen in the States, but it happened. So I think that that's pretty awesome. Now, speaking of of, um, of, uh, changes to the eShop. There's also a really, another really cool change to the eShop, which I am very much, uh, impressed with. This one comes to us, uh, or was discovered by, uh, a Reddit user Zeiss. And, uh, what they said is that you can now see how much longer that a game that is on sale will be on sale for, on the eShop. I think that this is really, really good. There's a lot of times where, you know, if I, I'm looking at this game, Lazy Galaxy Rebel Story, which admittedly, I know absolutely nothing about this game. Nothing at all. Uh, but it's called Lazy Galaxy. I guess I know that it's called Lazy Galaxy Rebel Story. I know that it is on sale for 98, 98% off right now. 98% off is that sale price, which seems like a really, really hefty discount, right? So, I should run out and buy it right away, right? No, because I can also tell from this picture on the eShop that it's got, as of the time that this picture was taken, five days remaining on sale. So, I can go and and look up information and find out, is this a game worth buying for 98% off? And a lot of games will... Uh, put their games on sale for 98% off, 70% off, 90% off, 80%, you know, like these ridiculously super deep discounts. And the reason that they do it is because then people get, they, they get into impulse buy territory. And once you're in impulse buy territory, people will buy it right away because they're afraid that it won't be on sale for very long. So they'll be like, Ah, what's a buck? I'll throw a buck at it. And they'll buy it and find out how it is. Well, then, because so many people are buying this because it's that impulse territory or impulse price territory, it goes up and, and rises up on the sale charts. And then once it breaks into, you know, those that that best sellers list or whatever, then the sale ends and people look at the game and they say, Oh, look at that. Uh, the, the, the sale price, or I'm sorry, the game, this game must be pretty good because it's on the bestseller list, even if it's not on sale anymore. And then they end up paying for it, and maybe it's not so great of a game. So I think that what Nintendo's reasoning here is, is, is very pro-consumer. Um, we're going to put on here how much longer it's on sale for, so that people don't necessarily impulse buy, and they realize they've got time to go and do a little bit of research about the game and find out if it's a game that they, that they would enjoy before throwing money at it. And I think that that's really good. Do I think that their work on the eShop is done? No, they've got a lot. They've, they still have a lot to do in order to improve the eShop. But um, I think these two changes are really big steps in the right direction. So now let's create some content for Friday's episode. All right. I've got two mailbag questions that I want to talk about. The the first one I, I meant to talk about on Monday and I forgot. But the second one, well, I, I guess the first one is this eShop. What features do you want to see on the Nintendo eShop? That's question number one. And that, that stems directly from the stories that are happening today. So Um, I'm going to tweet that out after I finish recording this segment, and then you can reply to that tweet, and we'll talk about it on Friday's episode. The second mailbag question that I want to bring up is one that I meant to talk about on Monday, but I forgot. And this is not, not related to this at all, other than I'm just transitioning from one mailbag topic to another, and that is board games. Right now, there are a few board games on Nintendo Switch. And my question is, what board games would you really, really like to see on the Nintendo Switch? Which games do you think would translate well to uh, being able to be played on a TV? And I I guess what I would say for that is it has to be a game where everybody, I mean, unless, unless it plays where everybody's got their own switch light in front of them, so they have their own screen. Um, but I think that this, this works best with games where it's cooperative, and people don't necessarily have to hide information from each other. I think that kind of board game would play really, really well on the Nintendo Switch. So, what what board games, like physical, real board games, would you like to see playable on Nintendo Switch? Um, check out my Twitter. Run, jump, stomp. You're gonna find that tweet. You can reply to it, and we'll talk about it on the show on Friday. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. There's this really fantastic board game called Space Cadets, and it is a multiplayer cooperative board game where each person has a job to do, and you work together by completing your own little mini games so i as the engineer have a mini game that i have to accomplish in order to generate energy for the tactical officer or for the med bay or and the captain gets to decide where that stuff goes Uh, so then i generate the energy for the other players the other players then use that energy to play their mini game and then we kind of work together in order to overcome whatever obstacles in front of us. It's super fun. Really, really great game. I think it would work incredibly well on the Switch, especially if you had like four player split screen where we all figure out what we got to do. And then everybody does their little mini game all at the same time. I think that that would be wonderful. Uh, so, That's my recommendation for board games that I think would be fantastic on Nintendo Switch, Space Cadets. Let me know what board games you think would be fantastic on Nintendo Switch. All right, moving on. All right, everybody, it is Wednesday, and you know what that means? It's time for a quick uh, Patreon update. I just want to let you all know that, you know, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about 143 pixels. Um, If you want to listen to those episodes, like all of those episodes are already up and available for people who are on the Patreon at the early access tier. There's a bunch of different tiers on uh, Patreon. There's the Buck a Month Club. There's the early access tier. There's the producer tier. That's where I shout you out at the end of the show. Uh, If any of this sounds good, if you want to hear episodes of Nintendo Switchcraft early, if you want to hear episodes of 143 pixels months ahead of time, then join the early access tier over on patreon.com slash run jump stomp. And, you know, it's awesome. And thank you to all of our patrons who do that already. Ever since the pandemic had fully taken hold of the gaming industry and uh, things started getting canceled like E3 and Gamescom, I thought it was only a matter of time before they didn't ever come back. I guess I'm not phrasing this the right way. When E3 got canceled last year, I said, I'm assuming that we will never have a physical E3 again. Going to E3 is very, very expensive for uh, gaming companies. They have to fly everybody there. They have to fly all of the stuff there that they use to set up their booth. They have to pay for um, uh the booth space, uh, and I'm sure that there's a million other expenses, hotel expenses. There's a million other expenses uh, associated with uh, game companies going to E3 that I'm not even thinking of. So when E3 got canceled this year, my first thought is we're never going to see E3 again because these companies are going to realize that they don't need to go to E3 in order to show us what they, what they have. In fact, going to E3 is a giant waste of money for them. Now, of course, we all love E3 because we like gaming news. I mean, if you're listening to this show, you obviously love to uh, think about and talk about the gaming industry. So E3 is a super fun event uh, for us, especially... Uh, people like me who cover the industry. I mean, the reason that I cover the industry is because I like to think about and talk about this stuff. But guess what? I'm never going to go to E3. And it's not because of the pandemic, although that's certainly a a huge deterrent. Uh, I'm never going to go to E3 because it's way too expensive for me to go to E3. And I I can probably cover it From home, just as well as I could. If I could go to E three, did I want to go to E three? I absolutely wanted to go to E three. I've always wanted to go to E three. I want to go there and meet a bunch of people. When I went to Dragon Con uh, last year, uh, oh, at the end of this segment, I got to talk about Dragon Con. When I went to Dragon Con uh, to uh, last year, I met a bunch of really, really awesome people, and I had an absolute blast. Now. I was there for work, for this work, and I was focused on working the whole time. I didn't go to parties and stuff. Uh, I met a whole bunch of people, a lot of people who have been on 143 pixels. That's where I met them, a bunch of them. So I've always wanted to go to E3, and if it's anything like DragonCon, I'm sure that I would have an absolute blast, but I don't anticipate that we will see E3 ever again. I think it's going to be fully digital. And we got news uh, today that kind of supports that. This one comes to us from Nintendo Everything. uh, And this is about Gamescom. Not necessarily E3, but Gamescom just finished. Gamescom is basically the fall version of E3. It happens in Germany every year. And they just had Gamescom... Uh, 2020. And it was it was all digital. And there were some pretty cool announcements that we got to see. But guess what? They have already announced that they are going to have Gamescom 2021 from August 25th to August 29th. And it's supposed to be planned as a hybrid event. And here's what it says, meaning organizers are hoping things will be safe enough for an in-person component. I don't think so. I think that uh, over two, listen to this, over two million people tuned in for GamesCon opening night live, which is completely a digital event. And I think that all of these companies are going to say, look, right now it's a hybrid event. We would love to have an in-person thing, but we're planning on doing digital I think that the hybrid idea is not going to happen. I think that they're going to realize that they can save a bunch of money by doing Gamescom, digi- Gamescom digitally. Digitally. Man, I can't talk today. Um, and w- may, only time will tell. But I think that next year, Gamescom, uh, uh, the Game Awards, and the, which would be happening this December, and then uh, June next year with E3 2021, I don't think those things are going to happen. Mark it down. We'll find out how wrong I am sooner rather than later, I think. Speaking of digital events, you know... Nintendo kind of eschewed. I don't know if that's the way, right way to say that. I don't think I've ever heard that word spoken. I've only seen it in print. But uh, Nintendo basically, a few years ago, they said, screw live uh, live performances and uh, stuff like that. Let's just do a pre-recorded model. And uh, I have to say, I think that that's, for is, especially for Nintendo, they don't do a good job um, live. They do a fantastic job with Nintendo Directs, but live, it's just not very good. And if you want a good, a good, ex- uh, a good um, example of Nintendo not doing live events very well, uh, look up the Nintendo Switch reveal uh, in January of 2017. That was a disaster. It was real bad, real bad. So. I don't think Nintendo should do live events, but, you know, a while back they, they did Nintendo Directs, and much of the industry has kind of followed suit, but this is really interesting. VideoGamesChronicle.com said that it's now been a full year since the last general Nintendo Direct. Now, we have had Nintendo Directs um, in the last year, but they've been like Nintendo Direct Minis partner showcases, uh, indie world things, or Nintendo Directs focused solely on one game like Animal Crossing. We haven't had a general Nintendo Direct that showed off a bunch of first-party stuff that Nintendo's doing, and it's been a long time. According to Video Game Chronicles, it's been a full year. Not quite yet. By the time you hear this, it may have been a full year. Uh, The last Nintendo Direct that was a general Nintendo Direct happened on September 5th, 2019. It's a long time to to go without a general Nintendo Direct. I really hope that we see one soon. There's rumors that we're supposed to get one this week because there's always rumors of a Nintendo Direct. We've got that Mario news sitting there. Uh, Fingers crossed that that happens. We've got Metroid Prime. We've got a lot of things that we're waiting for. Uh, And a Nintendo Direct is certainly one of them. Well, if you listened to Monday's episode, I'm sure that you heard me bash Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Talk about my disappointment that the multiplayer is not all it cracked up to be, that the game just is not what it should be, that Square Enix kind of phoned it in, it seemed like. This is all secondhand knowledge, I've not played the game myself uh, since playing it on the GameCube. I was, go- I was all set to buy it. I was going to buy this game, I decided not to because of all of the reviews saying how kind of garbage it is. Well... I, you know, I'd be fine to leave it there, but the game is so uh, broken, apparently, in Australia and New Zealand, which is, is weird. I'm not sure why their version of the game is more broken. Uh, look, don't they have enough to deal with with giant snakes and giant spiders and kangaroos with boxing gloves and wildfire? Don't they have enough things to deal with in Australia that they shouldn't have to deal with Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, a game which is, by all counts, already pretty terrible, being even worse for them. Well, apparently it is so bad that it got pulled from, well, that Square Enix said, okay, let's take this off of the Australian eShop. That's terrible. So this comes to us from Nintendo Life. Here's what they have to say. Uh, We have had reports that some players in Australia and New Zealand are having difficulty accessing the multiplayer feature of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition. This is being investigated at present and to ensure customers have the best possible experience, further sales of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition in the region will be suspended until the issue has been addressed. We understand that this is not ideal and would like to offer our sincerest apologies for the inconvenience caused. we We'll post the latest updates on Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition here, so please bear with us. All right, I think that it's great that they decided to take it off of the eShop. I think that's a good thing. I think that they should do that worldwide. I think that they should let this one cook for a little bit longer. I think they should offer everybody who's purchased the game a refund, because based on the reviews, it's it's a dumpster fire. Again, this is based on other people's reviews, not my experience with the game. I have not played it. But because everybody's saying how bad it is, I think that Square Enix needs to take responsibility, take one on the chin, and fix it. Don't just live with the substandard Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles experience. Get it right. All right, everybody, before I wrap up the show, uh, Dragon Con is this weekend. I will be participating virtually. Last year, I went to Dragon Con and I was asked to speak at panels there about you know, creating content and and things like that, or or my Nintendo experience and, and all, all of the awesome stuff that I got to do last year. It was fantastic. I was planning on going this year, but Dragon Con obviously was canceled due to COVID-19. But guess what? They're still doing a digital event. And if you want to uh, watch the panels that I'm going to be on this weekend, Uh, So Friday on September 4th at 5 p.m. U.S. Eastern, I will be on a uh, panel called What Is Your Recording Rig? Uh, uh, That is going to be found at um, twitch.tv slash dcdigitalmedia. Uh, And then on Saturday, I will be on another podcast, uh, or not a podcast, but another panel for DragonCon called Video Didn't Kill the Radio Star, Tips for Doing Audio Podcasts on Video uh, that will be 4 p.m. US Eastern on Saturday. So, if you want, if like, if you're like, I don't remember when that stuff is, just go to my website and uh, scroll down. You'll find Dragon Con. I'll make sure to put this in the show notes for this particular episode as well. Uh, so, you can get to that link, and it'll take there's a link right there on the website which will take you directly to. Uh, to the stream so that you can see that stuff. All right, it's time for me to wrap up the show. What do I do at the end of the show? I thank all of our patrons, specifically uh, the people who uh, support via the um, the producer tier or, or higher. Uh, so those would be people like Josephine, Eric Smith, Jordan Forbes, Matt Hadfield, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Trucker Paul, and he didn't change his name this episode. Maybe next time. Uh, So thank you to each and every one of our producers uh, and all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. The music that you heard on today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft uh, was all by Noteblock. If you haven't checked out Noteblock stuff, make sure that you do. They make some fantastic music. If you want to join our Discord, uh, find me on Twitter, uh, find me on Twitch or YouTube, You can find links to all of that stuff at my website, runjumpstomp.com. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.